Let us pray. Our God and our Father, how we love you, we bless you, we magnify your great name. We pause at this moment because we desire to hear from you. We want to hear from your mouth. We want to hear from your heart those things that you would have us to know and to do and to be that we might live out your kingdom assignment for us in this day and in this time. So Lord, uh, we give you ourselves this moment. Open our ears to hear and our spirits to receive and to perceive your voice in these next few moments. We love you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, hey, I know you haven't seen me in a couple of weeks doing this, but uh, I, I have a word in my spirit that I just wanted to share. Um, uh, there, there's things that God is doing. God is moving. Um, there's opportunities that he's about to open up to his people, um, not just for us as a church, but even in your personal lives, in your business, in your relationships, in your families. Uh, and as we do that, we want to make sure that we are preparing ourselves for what God is already prepared for us. Did you get that? He already went down the road. He already has started the process of preparing the thing, the blessing, the next step, the next phase, the next season for us. But now if we're going to walk into that thing, we have to get prepared. So join me in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, that's in the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. I want to start at verse 3 and kind of work my way through uh, to the first part of verse 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You should be able to see it here. Uh, this story is about King Hezekiah, one of the good kings, one of the great kings from the southern kingdom of Judah. The Bible says, In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He summoned the priests and the Levites to meet him at the courtyard east of the temple. He said to them, Listen to me, you Levites, purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the temple's entry room, and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle, and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Then, verse 12 says, these Levites got right to work. I want to talk about, just for the next few moments, I want to talk about prep steps for moving forward. We heard from Dr. Terrence Archery a couple of weeks ago who we talked about moving forward. Well, we want to talk about the prep steps that are necessary for moving forward. Now, where we pick up this story, we see King Hezekiah. He has been a co-regent. He has been ruling underneath his father, the wicked King Ahaz. And 
King Ahaz had at some point in time, back in uh, chapter 28, verse 24, not only did he rob the temple of some of the articles, the, the precious articles that were used in the worship of God, but then he shut the door so that nobody could worship in the temple. And he had, uh, he had decided that nobody was going to be able to use or enter or worship in the temple. You can see that even repeated uh, in our text in verse 7. But now Ahaz has died. Now Hezekiah has risen to be the sole ruler and the sole power. And now at least seven years from the time that his dad had barred the doors of the temple. Think about that. They, the people of God hadn't been able to worship God for seven years. We're mad about a few months. They had at least seven years that they couldn't worship. So Hezekiah decides that he's going to begin a series of reforms, both political and spiritual in the kingdom of Judah to get them on the right track for moving into what God has for them. Now, notice this, though, that Hezekiah didn't push the people to rush right back into temple worship. Instead, he set a series of expectations. He set some phases of preparation for them to move forward to in-person worship once again. Somebody's going to already see where I'm going with this. Notice this, that he recognizes that there's two different tasks for them to be ready to move into the things of God, that they had to be consecrated. They, they needed uh, th this, this idea of getting right with God and being in right alignment with God. He, he noticed that unless the, the Levites, the people who served in worship, if they were not consecrated first, then if the place was not consecrated, God wasn't going to show up and it wouldn't be any, it wouldn't be worthwhile. Notice that they had the, the, the ritual obligations of the worshiping community had been neglected. And so now uh, uh, Hezekiah is, is seeking to restore the earlier patterns of worship and ritual obligations of worship. In other words, he's trying to prepare the people to get ready to go back to in-person worship at the temple. But he sees this being able to happen in phases, in at least three phases. The first phase was for the people to be prepared spiritually. In other words, the people had to be consecrated. And then the second phase that, he's, that he talks about is this physical preparations. In other words, the place had to be consecrated. And then thirdly, he was looking forward to calling a sacred assembly that would be both celebration and culmination of the first two phases. If the people were consecrated and the place was consecrated, then they would be released into what God had for them through this time of celebration that he was planning in this sacred assembly. He recognized that it was time for renewal and that the, the ministry of the temple had, may have fallen on bad times. They may have been separated from in-person worship, but that didn't mean things had to stay that way. Somebody already sees where I'm going. Watch this. When in-person corporate worship has been disrupted for a period of time, there have to be steps, steps of preparation, prep steps, in order to be spiritually prepared to move back into corporate worship. We have to spiritually prepare to reconnect in corporate worship. 
Uh, Notice this now, as Hezekiah calls, he calls the Levites, he calls the priests together. And right before you think, well, uh, pastor, then you and the elders and the deacons, y'all need to get yourselves together. Uh, Remember, 1 Peter 2 and 9 says that we are, all of us are, all of us who have relationship with Jesus Christ, we are chosen people. We are royal priests. So there's a sense in which this isn't just talking about church leadership. It's talking about in our day and in our time, all of us need to be spiritually prepared for what it means to go back to worship. So notice how Hezekiah sets this up in this first phase of spiritual preparation, the the consecration of the people. Look what he says in verse five. He says to those Levites, he says, listen to me, you Levites, purify yourselves. That speaks to me, first of all, that they that we are if we're going to be spiritually prepared for going back to in, in person public worship, we have to make some decisions. Notice this, that he says, purify yourselves, that the, the Hebrew verb there is reflexive. It, it's something that I have to do within me. It, the idea is I have to consecrate, I have to cleanse, I have to purify, I have to make myself ready again for the Lord's service. That speaks to an internal and a mental and a spiritual and a willfully making decisions, watch this, to be repentant and submitted to God. Listen, I don't know what what these past 16, 17 months have been for you, but for many of us, there's some things in which uh, not having that discipline of being in regular corporate worship, there's some stuff we let slide in us. And we need to make some decisions about being repentant and resubmitting ourselves again. Notice he says in verse 6 that, that part of what the problem had been is that our ancestors, the people who dealt with uh, being separated from corporate worship, they had turned their backs on God. That's what he says in verse 6. In other words, worship is when we turn our faces to God, but instead, instead he says they've turned their backs to God. Uh, what was supposed to be a face-to-face meeting has been somebody trying to walk away from God. In, in, in other words, it, it's, it's a renewal of a commitment and a, the covenant between God and His people that we need to seek God again. We need to fan into flame the fire of what it means to go after the one true and living God. Uh, that, that's why Psalm 51.10, I, I love how the New King James says it. He, the, the psalm writer, say, David says, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast, a committed, a disciplined spirit within me. He says, purify yourselves. There's some stuff I can't preach you into. There's some stuff I can't lay hands on you to do. You and I have to make some decisions ourselves that we're going to set our minds and set our spirits to go after and to seek after God. Not only that, but look what he says to them in the second half of verse five. He says, purify yourselves. But then he says, remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. In other words, it's not just about making some decisions, but then secondly, that speaks to changing some behaviors. 
Watch this. Uh, the, the translations that attempt to, to uh, understand the, the, the Hebrew here, the idea is the, the defiled things or the, the, that is the impure objects, the things that are, unceremon- that are ceremoniously unclean. It's, it's those things that have gotten dirty. It's speaking specifically of idolatry. Uh, uh, Ahaz had set up idol gods inside the house of God, and it was filthy before God. It was garbage. In other words, the, the purify yourselves is an internal thing, but if we're going to make some decisions, if we're going to change some behaviors, that deals with some external things. That means stopping some behaviors, some practices, some habits. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but there's some habits that have formed that without this, uh, this consistent and regular meeting together in worship on a corporate scale and being in the fellowship of the believers. There, there's some practices, there's some actions, there's some things that have slipped into the place that belongs only to God. And Hezekiah says to them, he says, I need you to remove all the defiled things, the, all of those idol gods, those little G gods that have popped up in, in the place that belongs to God. Now remember, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the sanctuary. So when Hezekiah tells the Levites to remove the defiled things from the sanctuary, what is it in in our lives, in our livelihood, in our practices, in our habits that we've picked up from this time off that have become idols that are taking the time and the attention that should belong to God? He says, he says, purify yourselves. That's, in other words, set your mind to make some decisions. Then he says, remove the defiled things. In other words, there's some behaviors that need to change. But then he says this in verse 11. He says, my sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to lead the people in worship, and to present offerings and sacrifices to him. Watch this. The idea is... Not only should we make some decisions, not only do we need to change some behaviors, but there needs to be some evaluation and some recommitment. He says to the Levites, don't neglect your duties any longer. This is a, a strong call that Hezekiah gives for a strong commitment. And he says, do not be negligent. It's the idea of don't be at ease. Don't be, don't, don't chill. Don't, don't sit and relax. Don't, don't um, rest on your laurels. Don't assume that everything is going to be everything just because everything is everything now. I said that too fast. Somebody's already confused. Uh, he, he says, do not neglect. That, that reminds me of 1 Timothy 4 and 14, where Paul says to Timothy, don't neglect the gift of God that is in you, the gift that God has given us to minister to him and to each other. The Part of the renewal that was required, it was requiring the Levites to respond to and fulfill their obligations in the service of the Lord. Uh, you'll notice this in verse 7 when he t- kind of talks talks through the lamps not being lit and the, the, the incense not burning and the off burnt offerings not being presented. All of those things were, were symbols in the temple of the presence of God being among the people of God. And the incense was the prayers of the people going up to God. And the burnt offerings were those, those sacrifices of commitment and moving forward that the people would bring. Uh, because remember, First Peter 2 and 9, he says, you are a chosen people. 
Hezekiah says to the Levites, God has chosen you to stand before him and to minister. You are the royal priest. You, you have been chosen by God to show others the goodness of God. That's what 1 Peter 2 and 9 says. The, the, the responsibilities of the offices of the priest and the Levite were spelled out that we are to minister to him, to lead people in worship, and to present offerings to him. And he says, don't neglect doing that. Don't neglect the gift. This time of evaluation and recommitment is what are the areas of serving? What are the areas of ministry that he has gifted you and called you to that may have been laid dormant or maybe that you would kind of put aside, but now God is stirring up again? Or what are the new opportunities that God is pulling your, has put in your heart? And when we get back into that place, are you going to be ready to not neglect the gift that God has put in us to serve him? That there has to be a time before we even get there of making some evaluations and deciding I'm ready to serve the Lord. This final exhortation where he says, do not neglect the gift. It's, it's, it's a stronger exhortation than, than just, uh, hey guys, it's time to get back to it. It's stronger than that. It, it, was, it was a call to action. It was a call to get ready. So much so that verse 12 says, and the Levites got right to work. <laughs> and, and that's where I want to leave us on this morning. I want to say, in this moment, the prep steps are you and I have to start making some decisions. We need to start changing some behaviors. Some of us have let slip our, our Saturday consecration to get ready for Sunday morning. Uh, we've, we've let some gifts lay dormant. And now it's time to not neglect those gifts and to stir them up. Because God is about to bring about a new beginning and a fresh chapter. And in order to get us ready for it, We've got to make some decisions. We've got to change some behaviors. We've got to evaluate and recommit now so that we'll be ready to keep from getting ready. Because when God is ready to move, hear me in the spirit. When God is ready to move, he's going to move us fast. He's going to move us quick. We're not going to have, to have, we're not going to have time to practice. We're going to have to be ready. And so he's calling us now to prepare, to make prep steps now in order to move forward. And I pray that you would take this word and that you would begin to do some self-evaluation, that you would start making some commitments, that you would start resubmitting yourself and your gifts and your calling and the things that God wants to do in and through your life so that you can make these preparation steps now for when he opens the door for in public, in person, public corporate worship. Can I pray for us? Father, we thank you, we bless you, that even in this story, we can see how you worked in, in those people in that time, and we can sense you doing the same thing with us, calling us, preparing us, preparing us spiritually, preparing us internally for what you're about to let loose in the physical and in your manifestation in our lives. And so, God, I pray that uh, you would break our hearts, that you would refocus our minds, that you would bring us back to this place of focus and consecration and preparation for all that you're about to do. We declare we're ready to walk in the new things and the new season and the renewal and the new start. If you'll work in us, we'll get ourselves ready for what you've already got ready for us. In Jesus' name, amen.